Willow Wellness Center in High Point strives to deliver an inclusive, accessible, and non-judgmental approach to well-being by helping their clients find balance and peace in all aspects of life through massage therapy, yoga, reiki, and a variety of group classes. And now they're offering virtual yoga classes for yogis of all types, including a free beginner-friendly Friday morning flow that you can take from the comfort of your own home. Visit willowhighpoint.com and check them out on social media at willowhighpoint to jumpstart your personal well-being today. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives. And today we have the amazing Evna Despining here. What's up, Evna? Hi, how you doing? I'm doing so well. I just got a coaching in how to say her name. I actually had to re-record this intro because I messed it up so badly. But <laughs> I don't blame you because I've I've heard worse <laughs> <laughs> my entire life. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine the trials and tribulations of people butchering your name growing up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but no, Evna Evna is a an amazing painter, abstract painter, curator, and just everything amazing. So I'm very excited about this uh, about this interview. And plus, she worked with Haitian artists in New York City, and hopefully, we can kind of make some you know have a little collaboration or partnership to get more of them on this show. So I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that as well. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. And I was just telling her that I was supposed to be in New York this year, and I'm very sad. But yeah, she's in Brooklyn, so I'm I'm envious. <laughs> yeah, but you seem like you have a lot of action going on out there wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> and just a little backstory: we actually met <laughs> on an Instagram live that I had with Ashley Johnson. <laughs> And I went to her. Um, Ashley, I hope she hears this because I'm a Ashley fan to the core. Yo, Ashley is outerworldly. She is a insane artist, and I love her so much. And we were just goofing off on Instagram, and you and a bunch of other great artists jumped on. And I actually met a couple of you guys. I want to have on this show, so I'm happy that we did that. But yes, yeah, more to you though. More to you. Um, give us some background on you and kind of how you got into the arts. Well, as you stated, I'm from New York City. I was born and raised in Harlem, moved to Brooklyn when I was 16 years old and been here ever since. Um, I actually didn't start doing art until 2005. So I spent my entire life as a wanderer, figuring out what the hell I wanted to do with my life. And uh, certain events occurred that led me into wanting to learn how to paint. So I taught myself how to paint through youtube did not go to school for this what? at all <laughs> through youtube so yeah how, how'd that work did you just search because you, you're an abstract painter did you just start search painting in general or abstract painting and how did you kind of find your 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 interest well i was going through a divorce okay and it was leading me into a depressive state and i've been depressed for pretty much my entire life mm-hmm. and I knew that was bad so I decided you know what we're gonna take control of the situation we're gonna find something else to do to distract me yes and so one time I was watching YouTube and a tutorial came on um, and someone was painting in fast time and I was just zoned out and watching and it was the first time that I actually stopped thinking about everything that was happening with me mm-hmm. and uh, was really in tune with the painting and I said you know what let me try it so I literally walked to an art store Blick and bought supplies uh, the same supplies she used and then I went back to that video and I tested it out and I was pretty good and I was wow. like you know what I really love this 
So I started doing it on a consistent and uh, one painting turned to like 50 paintings from tutorials. <laughs> and then from that, I went from um, learning through research, you know, Google, finding out about art and different yeah. styles of art. But I was most attracted to abstract art. So I continued coming up with my own concepts like that. My friends and family started seeing my work and were pretty impressed at the level that I was painting in because it seemed like I was painting for years when I've only been painting for a few months. Wow. So I started getting recognition when I started an Instagram page. And yeah, it took off from there started getting shows back to back it was pretty incredible actually from mm. someone who knew nothing about art and now just thrown into this art world it was pretty awesome that's phenomenal so tell us why you were so i guess attracted to the abstract side of things when it comes to painting um you know i've tried everything else i used to sketch a lot when i was younger in high school um i was pretty good at it but it, I just felt like with abstract art, there's no like general rules as to how you do things. Mm. You're pretty much free to create and do whatever you want. And as long as it's meaningful to you, then it'll be meaningful to everyone else. So I like that freedom of, you know, there not being any rules. There, there doesn't have to be perfection. Um, like figurative writing, I'm um, figurative drawing or painting. Like you literally have to try and match your piece to whatever face you're creating. Mm -hmm. But with abstract art, you're free to just lay down paint and say that's it. And yeah, that's what I love about it. That's it. That's amazing. We'll come back to kind of your style in a minute, but I'm curious to how you got into these shows. So this is back in the early 2000s. Yes. So back in 2000. Can I say 2015? I say 2015. Um, I started painting, like I said, and then uh, my friends and family encouraged me to start my Instagram page. Okay. Um, so saw my page. Uh, her name was Shirley Dorseville. She's the creator, of, the founder of Haitians Who Blog. Mm -hmm. She was doing her first meetup in Florida and saw my artwork and wanted to feature me. So my first show was actually in Florida. I wow. flew out to Florida. To showcase my work, I, t I shared my story with the audience and people were so impressed with my work and loved my paintings. And that really put like a battery on my back. And it kind of encouraged me to come back to New York and like, if I could do it in Florida, I could keep doing it here. So I just started submitting my work to different um, places and I was getting yeses back to back. <laughs> with those. Oh. And so... Um, yeah, I got into those shows and then I saw that there was a gallery that was opening in 2018 called SK Art Space Gallery. Mm -hmm. It's in East New York. And so I submitted my work there and I was like, you know what, if I can do these pop-up uh, shows, why not try for a gallery? So I tried and they loved my work as well. And when I met the owners... And I told them my story, they were so uh, motivated or inspired, I should say, and hired me on the spot, asked me to work for them. So I went from learning how to become an artist to learning how to become a, a gallerist, oh I should God. say, like a gallery assistant. Oh my and God. So, yeah, so everything was moving pretty quickly and I didn't question anything. I just, you know, if this is what God is putting in front of me, then I need to just go with the flow and see what happens. Absolutely. You know? That's mm -hmm. phenomenal. That's such a, that, I'm kind of blown away of how fast that happened for you, but I'm curious of how, 
what was the feelings going through your head through this Florida gallery. And I'm so, I'm, I was kind of shocked that it was, you know, of all places, it was in Florida. You've been a New York artist. So, so you can, can you kind of tell us what gallery that was and the story behind that work? Um, as far as the first gallery that I got hired. Yeah. The, well, with? the exhibition you had in Florida. Oh, well, in Florida, it was more so of a business meetup. Okay. Um, so Haitians Who Blog is pretty much a platform that highlights uh, entrepreneurs in the Haitian community or uh, women entrepreneurs. It's mostly women that was part of that gathering. And they were from all different facets, from like, you know, fashion retail to gotcha. um, um, influencers to um, beauty um, business and uh, me artists so it was just a a a mix a circle of people in the haitian community that were coming together and just sharing information and encouraging each other oh okay okay amazing so you didn't show necessarily show all your work a lot of work there that was more in new york it was more new york yeah gotcha okay but that's still i mean that's still a great thing i think in florida i only brought four pieces with me okay okay Um, yeah but in new york i was showing everything but there was no like real series it was just things that i just came up with uh that kind of flowed together looked nice together so i just displayed everything together and people were liking it that's amazing okay yeah so back to new york and you got this first Mm -hmm. job as a gallerist how that how were you able to balance that and also still create work you know what i'm saying well uh in the beginning uh it didn't seem like too much of an add-on um, it didn't seem complicated. Uh, I was still painting, but then over time, when they uh, allowed me to do my first, to curate my first show, which was another amazing thing that happened in less than a couple of weeks of working with them, they told me that I could curate my first show. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like everything was happening so fast. And like, I just accepted it. I just accepted it. <laughs> and uh, so I went from learning how to be an artist to learning how to work in a gallery to now learning how to curate. Oh. So I taught myself how to curate. And over time, curating kind of took over my interest and I stopped painting as much because I wasn't as motivated to, to create as much as I was motivated to create shows. If gotcha. that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So I'm curious because I've had some interest in curating because obviously I like you know, bringing different artists together and doing things like that. So describe how you were able to self-teach yourself to be a curator. Um, the same method that I use in learning how to paint, uh, doing research, Googling, figuring out, you know, from start to finish, how a curator is supposed to put together an exhibition. Uh, it was helpful because the first uh, job that I was given, the first task I was given at um, SK was to help them to put together an uh upcoming exhibition so i got to learn how to reach out to artists email them um how to deal with um, putting together inventory and like spreadsheet so i was learning everything that i needed to know plus what i was researching on my own and i was able to really do it put together a show i had to fill two floors of artwork two floors two floors so it was actually three rooms Top floor had two rooms. Bottom floor had one full room. So I was able to gather artists, um, not only in New York, but people were sending me work from Haiti to display. Oh, my goodness. 
So it was a big, it was a big deal. I honestly didn't really enjoy it because I was so busy focused on making sure that everything was on point. <laughs> yeah. Even in the beginning, before people started arriving, like I was just focused on labels, make sure everything was straight and da da da. By the time I looked up from an empty room, there was a full room, both floors, mm. and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> people came to see my my show. This is so cool. Every room was filled with people, uh -huh. and even after the show was over, people were still trying to come in, and I was like, "Wow." That is amazing. This isn't my calling. I don't know what. So within, oh my gosh, from the start of you painting YouTube and all that stuff, you're creating a show so quickly and it's successful. So I'm sure that's like a big old energy boost. You're just like, okay, cool. I need to keep on doing this. I need to keep on doing this. Mm -hmm. And I have a question. Were you only focusing on Haitian artists even back then? No. I was focused on working with everyone. It just so happened because I'm in, I'm Haitian mm -hmm. and a lot of Haitian artists were hearing that I was out here. They were more enthused to get in touch with me and wanting me to work with them. Uh, and then over time, I just started meeting more and more Haitian artists and that just started to become like a part of my career representing Haitian artists. And I really thought it was a great thing to, to happen because there's a lot of underrepresentation when it comes to Haitian artists. Yes. I feel like when it comes, when people think of Haitian art, normally they think of, you know, the marketplace with women with baskets on their heads or landscapes, sceneries, or even like Bodu um, culture, mm -hmm. spiritual culture. Um, they don't really uh, think that artists can paint like other types of genres such as abstract art or expressionism or sculptures and things like that. So when I started discovering all these artists, I was like, no, this is an underlining. Like people really need to know that Haitians really are talented and yes. can do other things. That mm -hmm. is, and I, I applaud you for doing that because I actually look at the artist Haiti page and I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many people I want to talk to on this page. Yeah. That's great that you're representing, yeah. you know, for your culture. That's I think that's that is that's essential. So just go past that first show. So what kind of developed after that first successful show? Um, after that first successful show, I continued working with SK and I was um creating shows every month. Oh my god. Yeah. And I didn't realize, you know, you know, being a newbie in the curatorial um, world, I didn't realize that, you know, to really put together a real good show, it takes time to develop the concept, to, to you know, uh, make sure that the artworks are speaking to each other in the room and you're picking the right artists to uh, go with the show. And so, but still, I was knocking it out month after month. I, I think I did about uh, five shows at SK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm before I moved on to other um, ventures. So, okay, so eventually you left SK to kind of pursue other things, so. Not necessarily left, but it just kind of gradually, like, yeah, I just moved into a different direction. Okay, mm -hmm. how was that transition to, I guess, second directions? It was awesome, because I felt like everything I was doing before that was training me for all the things that I'm doing now. Yes. Um, working with SK and working under 
uh, under the three owners um, actually trained me for working on my own at other establishments. So while I was working with SK, I found out about this cafe in Crown Heights, actually, called yes. Laku Cafe. <laughs> and I thought it was cool because I found out that the owner of Laku was Haitian-owned. She was young. And she had other Haitian artists in there. One of my favorites, actually, is Patrick Eugene. He was in there. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my opportunity to actually see Patrick's work in person. So I went there, and then I offered to hang up my work. And she liked my work. And when I when I went to bring in my art pieces, she said to me, hey, if you know any artists that would like to hang up their work, then um, they're open to hang it here for free. So wow. they're going to like gold. <laughs> I like gold. <laughs> yeah a light bulb went on i was like wait a minute i'm this curator now and i have a list of artists that would love this opportunity so i came back with a new proposal and i said to her why don't you allow me to take over the art aspect of your cafe and that way you only have to worry about the cafe yes she's like yeah sure and i was like great so from there, I was able to I was able to go on as in-house art curator, and I was bringing artists in like nothing, back to back. Like oh I had gosh. my whole lineup for the year. Oh my god! Well, if you say yeah. free, hanging up for free, that's gonna invite. That's gonna bring everyone to the table. Right, everyone. Oh my gosh! How were you able to handle all that? I'm sure you got ambushed, <laughs> like. I wasn't because I didn't put out an open call. Oh, okay. You hit up specific people. So I lined up my artists and then I, I contacted each one of them, said, hey, this isn't a great opportunity. Would you like to show your work? And they said yes. And so I was able to build a full year's lineup and not have to worry about it. Everything was organized. Uh, dates were set. Installations went well. And everyone was loving the art that was coming in there. I didn't think anything of it, but Kassan, the owner, she came up to me. She said, you know what? Honestly, one of the main reasons why a lot of people come to this cafe is because of the artwork. Like, it really draws people in. So I was like, I was a, <laughs> you see me, right? I was like so shy about that. Like, oh my God, like, I'm just doing what I love to do. And if people are happy about it, even better. You know, exactly. That kind of makes it, you know, even more of a rewarding thing that people, you know, come into those shows because of kind of what you're doing and mm -hmm. is bringing her business. So she's probably super excited. So that's that's amazing. So how were you able to find because obviously you're in an abstract and you probably have artists who are in different mediums, I'm guessing. Right. Mm -hmm. So how'd you go about finding those different artists? The Free Pizza Podcast is sponsored by Zipster, specializing in custom websites and local design. You don't have to lift a finger to look cool online. Visit Zipster.com and see what they can do for you. So the same way I found you and we got into contact through Instagram is the same way that I got into contact with a lot of artists. Instagram was the wave for me. And so I just, you know, I wasn't shy and I just said hello to people and like, honestly, we're asking um, sincere questions about who they are and their artwork. And, you know, I let them know that I'm interested and if they ever wanted to work together, then, hey, let's do it. And so it, it kind of blossomed in that in that way, naturally. That's, a, that's dope. And were you kind of keeping it towards New York or were you going to different people? Oh, my gosh, because people can send it in. 
Yeah, I had at LACO, honestly, I've had artists that were featured from, that actually flew out from Haiti to come and be part of my show. I had like three different Haitian artists fly out to be part of my show. I had an artist from Florida, artists from Canada, artists from um, um, Boston. Yeah, I had a, I was, it wasn't just mainly New York. I was expanding myself. I was not sitting still. <laughs> Well, it's good to know that there's a world outside of kind of where you live and to kind of bring that culture and perspective into, you know, just a different place. So I'm definitely with you on that. Yeah. That's so cool. So I guess from setting up those shows, how often were these shows? How often did you turn them around? It was the same as SK every month. So every month you were, so you're just, oh my gosh. Every month I was switching out. Well, with a cafe, it's different because it's a smaller space. So it, it didn't take as much time to like install the work. So it was easier for me to give more people opportunities in a cafe versus in a gallery, which kind of runs between two months to three months at a time. Yeah, so I was able to open up the space uh, more to the community and uh, give everyone more of a chance to, you know, have their time. And I treated, I treated the openings at the cafes just as I would at a gallery. Because you have to understand a lot of these artists are showcasing their work for the first time in public. So I kind of wanted to give that, give them that experience of having an opening night in a gallery, but in a cafe. So I would like, I would uh, promote the shows for them. I would invite people myself uh, that are in the art world to come into the space and we would clear out all the chairs and table and it would just be an open space and it would seem like a mini gallery. So those were fun. I love that. I love that. And this is for people who maybe are into, want to get into curating and all that. How were you promoting your shows like around the city? Um, I, I did mostly everything on Instagram. Okay. Uh, from using utilizing the stories uh tagging people you know there's tricks to these things with marketing so i util utilized instagram stories i posted on um my feed at the flyers uh, i had an in-house photographer and graphic designer so he was able to like knock out these flyers for me quickly um so it was easy for me to promote and i also sent people flyers directly and that's how i started to like be get more recognition for what I was doing in the community right right that's amazing so and obviously were you only kind of doing shows at that shop at the time or were you kind of still kind of going everywhere you had the the place to do it I was moving yes so had, yeah so I had SK and then I had um Laku Cafe so I was running those I was running those two at um at the same time then I found out that gr there was another restaurant called Grand Champ Yes. which is Grand Champs, if you pronounce it in English. But in Creole, it's Grand Champ. <laughs> and it's a Haitian restaurant located in, um, uh, what area is that? It's after Crown Heights area, Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuy, yes, Bed-Stuy, yes. Yeah. So it was out there. So I went in there for just to hang out, actually, just to have dinner. Mm -hmm. And I noticed art on the wall light bulb went on again <laughs> and i was like i went up to the servers and i was like so who's in charge of putting artwork up in here so they gave me the contact to sabrina who actually was the owner of the restaurant 
And so I contacted her and I said, hey, I have artists that would look great in your space and I'm an art curator. So if you'd like to work together, I'd love to meet you. She said yes. So I got that space and I did about three shows there and I featured one of my artists from Florida. She flew out, brought her artwork. And then I had a really, really important um, panel discussion at that space. Yeah. Um, I had featured five photographers was it five? It was Sergia. It was Gael. Four photographers I have featured at that space, and they were all Haitian. And that was important to me. Yes. Um, especially because they were female photographers that were um, Haitian descent. Because one of the photographers and I were having a conversation one day, and we were like, you know what? There's so many different photo- Haitian photographers out there, but it's always the male photographers that are getting received the most. Yes. And so as a female photographer, Haitian female photographer, we've never had someone to look up to or to, it, you know, um, to motivate, inspire us that were in that were female and Haitian. And so I said to her, well, why don't we do it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're a photographer, I'm an artist, we're females, we're doing it. Why don't we become those, the people that people can come to and get advice about? Cause we've been in this for a while. And so we brought together, I brought together three more people and we did a full panel discussion and all these women were in different facets of, the, of photography. There were um, fine arts for visual art photographers. Mm-hmm. There were editorial photographers that actually worked with celebrities in the Haitian community. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. other photographers that are just different different things in the photography business and so i brought them together and they each told their story they and then i had their work displayed in the space and it was a success like people were so thankful Mm. for that one panel discussion they were already asking when was the next one (laughs) yeah yo and i'm curious the, the discussion was the discussion more about what they did or kind of like how they weren't represented like they should be, or was it kind of a combination of all of it? All of the above, from um, how they got started to what equipment they use mm. or prefer to use to the type of treatment that they've received and how they went about it um, to giving advice and tips on how to move within the industry as a photographer, especially as a female. But I say, because you got to move. So, and I definitely plan on having a conversation with this with more women photographers because you got to move so differently, which, which is, which is sad to say, but it's just the truth. It's the truth. Like women, I mean, I mean, not to downplay anyone or anything, but females honestly have to work twice as hard to be respected, especially in the art industry because we get um, undermined a lot. Yes. You don't get taken seriously, which is ridiculous sometimes taken advantage of because we're female, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. So shout out to you for putting that together. And I guess you, have you kind of led more shows and exhibitions like that, where it's all, you know, all women and all that? Um, no. So then after that one show, which I'm still interested in doing a new one, that's been, that was over two years ago or a year ago. Mm. After that show happened, I continued working. Um, I actually was introduced to a new gallery owner named Steven from Ghost Gallery in Mm -hmm. Brooklyn. 
um, Kassan from Lanco Cafe introduced me to him. <laughs> <laughs> All these things connect. It's like a domino. Like, you can't make this stuff up, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, he used to come into all the time to get his coffee and he used to notice the change the change of the work so often and he asked about it and so Kassan introduced me to him and he said to me hey I have a gallery um in downtown Brooklyn and it's normally um empty so if you ever wanted to do anything in there then you should stop by so we could talk about it and I was like what that's crazy <laughs> always empty too that's wild yes and you're allowing me to do it for free full control still free still full control still full control so then uh when i did my first art show at sk i honestly wanted it to be all haitian because mm-hmm. like i said i wanted to to kind of start a movement of recognition for Haitian artists. Mm-hmm. And so they denied it being all Haitian because they didn't want to be biased um, against all Caribbeans. So, you know, I compromised and I um, created the show to include everyone. But once this guy gave me this space and gave me the opportunity, it was like, I could do whatever I want. Yes. So I'm like, they said no, but this is now my yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was able to knock out two uh, Haitian, all Haitian art exhibitions at Ghost Gallery, including one other. Oh, my gosh. So go, just go through this. Just go through the feelings of setting this up, it being all Haitian. Were you super nervous? Because I was just kind of like unfamiliar territory so oh, you're always nervous <laughs> I, you're oh there's i can't really believe anyone that says they don't like get a little anxiety before an opening of a show or something yes i mean i've gotten better at it over time because i'm doing it so much now that i'm kind of used to it and i know how to like calm myself down before the actual opening but in the beginning i used to like <sighs> I had like anxiety attacks. I used to cry the night before, like, oh my God, <laughs> it's gonna go well. Uh, I, the only person that could really calm me down and bring me back to my senses was my husband. He's like, Ifna, yes. you've done this before. It's gonna be great. Just calm down. <laughs> so, yeah, I was nervous, especially because this was my first time exhibiting the Haitian art all, all in one. Mm-hmm. And, I took this a lot more seriously because I was able to really take my time to build the concept of the shows. Yes. And this, and my whole thing with the Haitian art shows was bridging the gap between um, Haitian Americans and Haitians living in Haiti. Because there's this thing with us Haitians that separates us, which is the, um, the mindset of how society expects, what society expects from us. Uh, the um you know trying to separate us as far as oh if you if you're from america then you're not you're not haitian enough to be you know oh wow you're in haiti if you were born in haiti you're not uh you know american enough when you're in america like you're not going to be accepted and so i wanted to change that narrative um, because I, f- I feel like a lot of people have failed to realize, regardless of where we were raised or born, we still go through the same things. Mm. We still grow up the same way. Like we're all eating the same food, mm-hmm. speaking the same language. Our parents discipline us the same way, yes. you know? 
So I wanted to kind of show that in the show. And I was able to do that. Like people were really, they really understood what I, what I was trying to do. And it, 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 it made me feel, um, it made me feel really good to see that I, I actually put together a show that people were really like grasping, you know, mm-hmm. embracing yeah. and relating to not only embracing it, but actually relating to and telling their own stories from just looking at the exhibition. Absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing about these galleries is that spectators and all everyone around can come to your shows and like, you kind of see yourself sometimes in these, you see yourselves in these works of art, you know, especially being, you know, Haiti themed, like this is, you're really doing a lot for a lot of people who are looking at these bodies of work. So that's absolutely phenomenal. Was there a theme for the first show? Or was it kind of free for all? Um, the first show was called Visib, mm-hmm. um, and Body. Um, and it's just, uh, each individual artist showing or speaking of their own visibility in the world as a Haitian or Haitian American and how they see themselves versus how the rest of the world sees us. Ooh, I love that. So I had different um, artists uh, from different um, genres of art, photographers, visual artists, uh, all speaking of their own experiences or how they kind of think of certain um, topics when it comes to the Haitian society. For instance, I had this one photographer. Her name is um, Zarita Zavalos. And... What she did with her photography is uh, she mixes her photos with uh, a real um, material. Oh, so, dope. Uh, so, for instance, uh, with one of her photos, she would like uh, thread in um, thread or yarn. Yeah, yeah. Kind of give the full expression of what she's trying to showcase. Uh, or, or she would like Photoshop barbed wires around the people. It was really cool. I would have to send you the images so you can really grasp what yes, I'm talking about. I want to see these so badly. Yeah, but her her whole thing was trying to uh, redefine the idea of masculinity in the Haitian community. Okay. And so uh, people, you know, I think this is a general thing. It's not only in Haiti, but the way that people think how men are supposed to act and be in 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 the world uh and they're not supposed to be weak or emotional or show all these things Mm -hmm. or even express the fact that they're homosexuals you know yes and so with her photography she was trying to like break that down and um change that narrative so that was like one of the ideas I love that. I love breaking social constructs. It's my favorite thing to do. So I, I, I applaud her. I need, I need to get her on the show. Hopefully she uh, is comfortable with talking about that on the show. That'd be amazing. She actually is from Brooklyn herself. So she's out here. Oh, of course she's in Brooklyn. So oh, it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's dope. That's dope. So going through that first show, obviously it was a success. Was it a success? Was it a good night? Oh, it was a great night. So many people came. I was so happy about that one. People that I was following on Instagram just popped up. I was looking at people like, wait, isn't that so-and-so? And I was like, wow, people are paying attention. Cool. Yes. And obviously at the same time, you're still curating these shows at other places, right? At the coffee shop at uh, yeah. SK. So I'm just trying to figure out how your day-to-day life is. So can you give us like a quick glimpse into like what you're going through? Oh. You sleep. 
Because <laughs> you're constantly looking for artists. No sleep. <laughs> uh, my mentor, who is a gallery owner of Broken Arts Fellowship in, in Sunset, he, I remember when I started taking off in my career, he was like, well, get ready for no sleep. You're going to sleep late, wake up early, and do it all over again. And I was like, shit, he's right. <laughs> when it comes to it, like, that's how most... I mean, as an artist, that's just how your life's going to be, period. But, like, most of the fun things in life have that schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not getting to sleep ever. Especially when it's, like, when you sleep, eat, and breathe this thing that you love doing. It's, like, it's it, you can't escape it. Like, it's just natural. Like, you, you can't help but wanting to get up and do some work or your mind just doesn't sleep. Like, you're constantly thinking of the next thing or the current thing that you're working on, so... Absolutely, and it's it's it's, it's kind of hard to kind of take 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 a step back from that because obviously you need balance in your life to do other things. So I'm curious for you, how's that work? Do you do you take breaks or or no? I do take breaks. Actually, one of my new locations that I curate for Drippy K, I've been curating for over six months now, and so that's actually my break because <laughs> a lot of my friends and family hang out there, so. Um, Whenever I don't mind you, my computer is still open. You know, I'm still like writing. My notebook is still open. But then I watch them playing dominoes and stuff. And it's like, okay, time for a break. So then I'll walk <laughs> over and chill for a little bit, you know, hang out my hee hee ha ha's. And then like 15 minutes, um, 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, I'm right back to the computer. But I'm still in that atmosphere of, you know, the noise and the happiness. So that's kind of the way I take <laughs> yes that's amazing it's like you take breaks but you're still kind of it's still in the back of your head which is i mean that's how it works with everyone um mm-hmm. it's funny because you texted me one time and you were i think you were losing at dominoes <laughs> put my business out there sure hey if you're a terrible player this is what it is right it's sad to say, like, I shouldn't even be saying that because, like, if you're Haitian, you're still just automatically supposed to know how to play dominoes. <laughs> exactly. That's supposed to be in your blood, you know? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. So tell us how Art X Haiti kind of came to be. Was this already, a, was these galleries already a part of that or did that kind of develop after? So RXIIT um, was actually founded by this woman named Samantha. Mm-hmm. And she she lives in Florida, but currently she's in um, India oh. doing a program. And so uh, when she decided she wanted to move to India, she uh, wanted to bring in a few creatives to help her to manage the platform. And I was one of them. And over time, I am, her work in India became more of a priority Um versus our anxiety and she decided that she just wanted to hand it over to us and so i decided to take it and i've been taking the lead ever since and um at the beginning it was mostly just posting the artwork the the images of artists pieces and talking a bit about it uh but then i said no we have to do more than that because yes. everyone's doing that mm-hmm. you know and, you know, you can always Google somebody and find out information or Google a picture and see that on your own time. But what can we bring to the table that will be different, that will actually help to bring these Haitian out, 
artists out there. So I decided to do things like have uh, actual artists take over our page and really talk to the community and engage. Um, instead of just posting photos of their artwork, I'm actually posting images of the actual artists and talking about them and where they're from. Yes. I'm also doing things like um, giving tips on how to move in the art world as far as prepping your website and making sure it's presentable and impressive, uh, putting, uh, you know, putting, um, learning how to approach galleries when you're ready to, you know, be part of that industry. Just any tips that would actually help Haitians to understand how uh, to be successful in the art world. Because yes. I feel like that's one of the things that is lacking, especially with artists living in Haiti is they don't really understand how people move and how it works here in the U.S. So I'm just sharing that with everyone. So Jacob, we're going to interrupt this interview real quick for a new game of high brew or cold brew. You down? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. So the point of the game is to guess what I'm describing as cold brew or high brew. Make sense? Um, well, I'm not really sure what high brew is. You'll figure it out. Uh, okay. Just answer cold brew or high brew. It's pretty simple. You ready? Okay, here's the first one. It can come with added protein. Um, cold brew? High brew. It has more antioxidants and twice the caffeine than a normal cup of coffee. Uh, high brew. High brew. It has less acid and sugar than a normal cup of coffee. Cold brew? High brew. It helps support direct trade farmers. Okay, uh, high brew. High brew. It has less environmental impact on our planet. Cold brew. High brew. So, wait, all, all the answers are just high brew. Well, yeah, this is a sponsor ad. And that concludes our game of cold brew or high brew, proudly sponsored by, well, High Brew Coffee, an Austin, Texas-based cold brew company dedicated to serving an elevated coffee experience. Visit www.highbrewcoffee.com and use promo code Pizza and Brew for 20% off your order of a 12-pack and get cold brew that doesn't just taste better, but does better. Ship directly to your door. Yo, that is ill. Do you think uh, Samantha would come on the show? I think she would come on the show. Well, we'll have to see. She's in India, Samantha, so. What she does in India is a lot of meditative and like um, self-reflective self, self uh, and um, self-growth. So she's been really, really deep in that. But I can always contact her and find out. I think she'd love to. Yeah, because I'd love to see her, kind of how she came in to be and how she, you know, obviously she's a co-founder as well. Um, so, or, the, or she, she's the founder. Yeah, so what she noticed uh, was, uh, I guess she realized one day that all the other parts of the world had their, had their own RX. So mm. there was RX China, RX India, RX Mexico, yes. you know, RX America, but there was no RX IET. So that's how RX IET came about. That's dope. Okay, okay, okay. And it's another form of representation, which is, which is, which is super important. Mm-hmm. So were you able to kind of show these artists and your shows as well? Was you were kind of cross? Yeah, a lot of the artists that are featured in in our anxiety, I've either uh, engaged with them via Instagram, spoke to them, met them in person, or actually worked with them. So everyone that I'm posting is not just random people that I Google and post. I actually speak to these people. I even have like conference calls with them before they do like takeovers. I interview them on our anxiety. So it's really, it's really personable. 
our anxiety. You know, it's not just your random, oh, look at a picture I found and this is what it is about it, but actually like making sure the artist is involved with us, engaging with us. That's amazing. So it's more than surface level, which is what you need to have to have something as, as successful as it has been. So kudos for you for that, because I know it's a lot of hard work, you know, beating all these people and kind of getting everyone's stories and all that. So. Yeah, that's a new balance that I have to learn. Uh, balancing not only curating uh, different establishments, gallery shows, uh, and this new residency that I'm a part of, but also now how do I balance that and make sure that I'm still able to post and share with the community online? So yes, yes, I'm sitting. That I'm learning right now. <laughs> I'm sitting here wondering how you have enough time to do even this interview. <laughs> Oh, goodness. You know what it is? Google Calendar is is a savior. Yes. It alerts me like an hour. I can like uh, send, um, share my calendar with other people. Like, listen, we have this date, this time. I have been learning how to use this techie crap a yes. lot more often than usual. It's, it's one of those things. It's, kind of, it's a love-hate because it's like, man, I don't want to be in front of the computer all day or have my phone all day. But it's like, well, this is making my life a lot easier. So... <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so the residency, I'm curious about that. So how's that going? That is going well so far. I've done uh, one project with them, just completed a project with them, a fundraiser that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of thrown in because it was already underway when I came into the scene, um, but that was successful. And now we're doing this new art walk in Brooklyn on Atlantic Avenue. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Atlantic Avenue. Um, I'm not. So Alana Gav, are you familiar with Barclay Center? Yes. Is it around okay. there? Mm-hmm. Okay. So from Barclay, um, it's one street away from Barclay Center is Alanic Avenue and 4th Avenue. So from 4th Avenue all the way down to the waterfront, which is about a mile and a half of walking, we're going to be covering 64 stores, storefronts with artwork. Um, and that also includes like painting billboards and uh, gates. Mm. Um, and then we have three major buildings that are vacant that will be filling up with artwork. So it's just going to be a nice uh, social distance safe, COVID safe uh, activity for people to do and to keep people in- engaged with the arts. Yo, that is awesome. So I'm curious about that. You mentioned COVID. So how has it been? Obviously, you're in a hot spot of New York, and obviously, you're still are you still kind of curating things as the month is, months have gone by? Mm-hmm. I have been curating. Um, it's been a slow start. Um, we're still very cautious because right now we're in high alert for different zip codes going back into shutdown. Yeah. It's pretty scary because, you know, the first time it came around, we weren't really prepared for it. It just happened, right? Mm. It happened, life stops. So, but at this point, we're kind of giving, getting a heads up, but still, I don't think it will interfere too much with my residency because once this art walk is over, it's going to be more of me being in the studio and doing online work. But as far as everyone else, I'm kind of sad because there's so many people out there who actually need the social, the social environment to make, you know, ha- keep their business moving. Absolutely. You know, it's been detrimental to a ton of small businesses. I mean, even here, but I know more so there 
that people who can't they couldn't, they couldn't survive and that's just kind of heartbreaking but i mean i'm happy you're able to still kind of move and maneuver and what you're doing but it's it's, it's definitely a devastating thing mm-hmm. it is so um well wow wow we covered so much in so little time this is crazy like i feel like i know there's so much more to you but you know and yeah. we'll, we'll have to have you back on the show for sure because i want to get more into his art walk and kind of you know more of the projects you're doing in the future but this is so cool this is amazing do you still yeah i'm one little person with a whole lot of things going on i know but i'm, I'm excited because hopefully we can work together you know and kind of you know obviously you have your whole instagram thing and but i also have you know this platform so we can kind of bring martyrs more to life so I'm, I'm very excited about that i mean if you're excited about talking uh, talking with me then you need to you need to prepare yourself for all the other people that are going to come on to the show because there's a lot of Haitians, Haitian artists are doing so many incredible things or have such an incredible story that you wouldn't even believe. So yes, yes, yes. So I'm curious, back to you and your work. Are you still kind of, do you find yourself painting every now and then? I know you don't do it as much as you used to, but are you still kind of doing your thing? Interesting thing about me when it comes to painting is I feel like it's more of an urge and release than just randomly creating things. Mm-hmm. So at that period when I stopped uh, doing art, I stopped for about a year and a half mm. and was more focused on the tutorial work. Um, but then recently when COVID happened, I felt like, shit, now nah, I have nothing to do. I might as well <laughs> create. Yeah. yeah. And all that emotion that I was feeling, I was upset because a lot of the shows that I was getting ready to do were done. Cafes were closed, so I couldn't curate that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't travel. I was planning to go to Haiti. I actually was going to meet with a gallery out in Haiti to um, start planning for a show there. That didn't happen. And so it was very upsetting. And with everything going up, going on politically and with the government and who we have like in charge of our country, it's just, it was just so upsetting. And so I felt like I had to release all that energy and I started creating again. And so I, the pieces that you see behind me yes. is, <laughs> is the uh, monster series that I continued. I actually started with this one right here. Oh, wow. Yeah, I started with that one and then um, this one here. This was the second one. And I did these two in 2019, uh-huh. but I put them away because I didn't know what I where I was going with it. All I remember is that I was really upset about thinking about things that happened to me in the past that I haven't really fully gotten over. Mm. And so I had to release that. And I started just doodling these things and I didn't know what it was, but it felt great and it looked good to me. Yeah. So then I put it aside, but then when COVID happened, um, I really couldn't, I decided to go to my sister-in-law's um, for the time period for quarantine. Mm-hmm. And I know that I couldn't take all my equipment with me, which meaning my acrylic paints and brushes and all that. I wanted to grab things that were easy. So, you know, without thinking, I just started grabbing my oil pastels, my pencils, charcoals, and my my notepad, which yeah. is this one here, actually. Let me see that. Let me see this that. one. Oh my my big pad. Oh, my God, that's huge. <laughs> and then I remembered those two pieces, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take them with me, too. 
And so when I got to my sister-in-law and I started to calm down a little bit and, you know, started to get comfortable in my room and I pulled them out and I just started studying, studying them. And then suddenly I just had the urge to want to keep painting them. And that's when all the rest of the monsters came about. Yo, that's insane. Yeah. So, can you see them well? Yeah. Yeah. I can see them super well. Yeah. Teeth. I know your audience will be listening. They won't be seeing it, but you definitely could find some of them. We can we can still post on them online. Page. There's this one too. It's called Two Face. Oh, I love that one. Oh yeah. my god, that is beautiful. Wow. Yeah, so I I started getting angry and thinking about all the different people, situations, spiritual, mental uh, things that I had to go through throughout my entire life that led me to where I am now and has made me stronger than when I was. Yes. So I pretty much released them in these paintings, all the different monsters that I had to battle in my life. I released in these paintings. Oh my gosh, that's like very personal work that you know. And it's really, um, it's really rewarding for me because I feel like this is my very first. I mean, I have another, I have series before this, but this is like my very first series where I feel like it actually really means something. Yes. Do you think you'll show them in a, in a show? Am I what? You think you'll put them in a show in a gallery? I am. I'm just wondering how. These pieces are larger. Those are beautiful. Yeah, these are larger. These are about 38 by 27, I believe. I have to measure them again, but they're pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I would. I could definitely see that in a show sometime. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So I am planning on doing a solo show with these. Uh, I just don't know when. And I'm not completely finished. I still have more pieces that I have in my head that I want to create in order to complete the series. But yeah, it's a good start. Yes, yes. So the future is looking bright, regardless of the the nation situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Any any other big plans? Uh, any other places you would like to go and curate? You mentioned Haiti, but any other locations? Um. Right now, no. I, I did want, um, Ghost Gallery has a gallery in California. Mm. That was another space that I was supposed to cure, um, start planning to curate. Uh, so I'm still looking forward to do, to going there. And then um, I'm curating a show actually in November at Bath Gallery, Broken Arts Fellowship. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's this artist named Phaedra McQueen. She's a Haitian artist um she's in town she's been in town for a few months and she hit me up she's like hey would you like to do a show for me and i'm like why not let's do it <laughs> of course she's like yeah duh of course you know who i am <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that i'm excited about phage's work her work is very i would love to share her um her instagram with you i think you'd like her work too yeah the place of her show is in november we can kind of coordinate an interview to where we're kind of you know cool. makes sense so mm-hmm. yeah let's definitely do that i'm, I'm with you i'm i'm 100 I'm on board with what you're doing so if you send me artists we can get it done thanks that'd be awesome yes well thank you so much for doing this this is so cool so so cool i was very excited when you asked me i was like yes daniel white i'm gonna be on free pizza <laughs> let's go so when let's i get to go. new york when i get in new york you owe me a slice yes <laughs> 
<laughs> you know the best place to take you. So nobody does it like New York's pizza. Sorry. Oh, yo, I'm with you. I think every night I was there last year, we got a pizza from a different spot every single night. So <laughs> not every place is great. Some are better than others. Yes. Yeah, in general. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have. <laughs> we have any listeners have any further and detailed, uh, I guess, specific questions for um, um, Vinda, Evita. Dang it, Evna. Evna. I am the worst person in the world, but yeah. <laughs> she knows my heart. <laughs> I told you you wouldn't get it right away. This is only day one of us actually talking in person. This is very true, and there's more days to come because we're going to coordinate some things, and hopefully I can get there when your solo show hits. I want to be there, so we're going to make that That would be awesome. Um, I'm guessing it'll be 2021? 2021, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll make that work. We'll make that work for sure. Um, But, yes, if you have any questions, please shoot her a message. We're going to put all her um, her social media uh, on the description. Um, Check out RX Heidi. RX Heidi? T. Yes. Okay, yes. I'm messing up everything today, but she she knows what's up. She knows I mean well. <laughs> but no. It is Haiti in English, but in Creole, we say IET. 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 So I'm learning something new today. Shout out to the day. today. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> but yes, no, please hit her up. She is absolutely phenomenal. Curator, painter, all-around artist. And if you are a Haiti, Haitian and you have some work you want to display... Hit her up. You know, make it work. Um, Free Pizza loves you. Support us. Um, um, subscribe, rate, review on all the podcast platforms. You know what I'm saying? Give me some money if you want for for to feed myself and to keep this podcast going. I can use it. <laughs> but either way, we are out. Thank you for listening. Bye. Business owners have a lot to worry about, but now credit card processing doesn't have to be added to the list. Vector Payments helps to simplify the payment experience for businesses by offering steady rates, a simplified application process, no fees, and 100% transparency. Vector Payments offers guaranteed lower rates, and if they can't, you receive a $100 American Express gift card or donation in your name to a charity of your choice. Visit www.vectorpayments.com for more information, and don't forget to mention that we sent you for a referral bonus. the free pizza podcast we are on spotify itunes soundcloud just go on the google app store go on everywhere check us out on instagram facebook myspace live journal twitter we tweet we'll do smoke sniggles whatever y'all need thank y'all so much have a good night